Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Elon Musk is now on the board of directors of Twitter with this tendency to allow racism to spread throughout the companies he runs. We can expect the return of Donald Trump, Roger Stone, and Marjorie Taylor Greene to the platform any day now. Oh. Republicans reacted to the claim that they didn't want nine black justices on the Supreme Court by saying that they wanted nine black justices in the mold of Clarence Thomas. It says a lot about Republicans that their ideal black jurist is a sexual predator married to a woman who tried to overturn a legitimate election. <laughs> Maury Povich announced that his show was going to be ending. Now, arguments oh. over paternity can be relegated right where they belong. Facebook comment threads. <laughs> the Baltimore Royals are getting ready for their regular season by posting a photo of its stadium on social media with the caption, the yard is waiting for you. Given their entire payroll, 
is less than that of Max Scherzer's salary, the yard is going to keep waiting throughout the regular season of 2025. <laughs> Louis C.K. won a Grammy for Best Comedy Album at this year's Grammy Awards. Thankfully, his latest award may be something he will proudly display for other comics instead of his cock. <laughs> and now, and now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Michelle Wojcikowski. Hey, Tom. Hello. And there it is already. <laughs> I was just about to say, who had less than two minutes? Who had, who had a minute 15? We should take bets, pool. like, beforehand. It's the only way we're all going to be able to make money on this thing. <laughs> uh, everyone, welcome. Um, what's everyone been up to this week? You guys, I went to a mall today. I don't know if anybody's been to a mall what? recently. It is a dystopian nightmare. It took me 10 minutes. I had to return something to Macy's. It took me 10 minutes to find anybody who works there. Then as the woman is like doing my exchange, this guy wanders up and he's like, hey, baby, why don't you give me a kiss to the woman who's doing to the woman who's doing the transaction. And so then she's she's like, uh, uh, no, sir. And um, she's got the till open. And he's like, why don't you give me some money for a sandwich? And she's like, I can't help you, sir. And he's like, you can't give me any change for a sandwich. And she was like, that's against the rules. Uh, and then he wanders off. And I thought she knew him. Complete stranger to her. This guy just wandered up to her, demanded that he could like sexually assault her on the mouth and then and then wanted money. I don't know what's happening at the Towson Town Mall anymore, but I I, I will return my, my Macy's things via mail from now on, I, I think. To be fair, at least he only asked for money for the sandwich and didn't actually ask her to make him one. That's a good so point. It could have been a lot worse. Were there zombies there? I don't know. I, it was just such a strange experience in, in the children's clothing section of a Macy's. Oh, there's no creepy undertones to that at all. <laughs> I was going to say you were in children's clothing. That was the only open register I could find because no, no one works there. Like there was no, there were no employees. They're just people wandering around trying to kiss people and get money for a sandwich. I can't I thought, beat that. <laughs> I thought you were getting ready to make some big announcement as to why you were in the children's clothing section. Cause like this, this podcast is the episode to go ahead and break. Uh, All right. That's where, I would, that's where I would <laughs> announce a pregnancy to people. <laughs> <laughs> well if you're going to tom will set you up somehow you know within reason of course i mean oh, you know yeah, yeah. okay that wasn't weird oh. at all well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, re I'm registered on tom's patreon <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but tom i wanted to mention uh, as you said that it's opening day this thursday it's very exciting and speaking of abandoned places that will be desolate and bereft of human beings, <laughs> Oriole Park should be a great place to stretch out and not uh, be near anybody if you're con still concerned about COVID. I have always wanted to find a place where I can go ahead and read the entire uh, Harry Potter series in peace and quiet. And I feel <laughs> like if it, the Orioles is, the, the Oriole Park is the place to do it. Oh, you like, guys I are think, so mean. I think I can, I, 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 if, if there's extra innings, I might be able to actually accomplish that. Uh, well, they haven't lost any games yet, and they do have that promising young catcher. Okay, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I think we managed to keep John Means. That's two, so. Yeah, the shortstop, there's the shortstop who's pretty good. I forgot his name. 
he'll be traded next year. So I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna try and remember it. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, um, my husband pointed out that um, Trey Mancini, whom I think is attractive, is um, well young enough to be my son, and so. And that's that kind of turned me off from baseball for the rest of the season. <laughs> well, um, I got my second COVID booster. Yay. That's it. <laughs> that's and again, it knocked me out for the weekend. I mean, I didn't have I haven't had any um any uh any kind of side effects except for every time I've gotten a shot, I get I thought I was fine Saturday morning. You know, the first few hours I'm up, I'm like cranking, doing stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden my husband was out. I texted him and I was like, I have to lie down like immediately. So, and uh, that lasted for two days. So, and I was better by Monday and it's better than COVID. So there's that. Very good. Amen to that. Well, there's one bright side that we managed to pull from this chat. There's one bright ray of hope. So thank you for that. None of us have COVID yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fortunately for Chris Rock, he's become accustomed to the risk of assault because of his training with the prevalent lack of security at most comedy clubs. Will Smith yelled at Chris Rock to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. Shouldn't he have yelled that at the guy she was cheating on him with? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and if it's okay to deck somebody who makes hairline jokes, then I'll be busy for the next five years. <laughs> And that's before my prison sentence. Joining us this week to discuss the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation. Please welcome Haywood Turnipseed. Hey, hey, all right, all right. Haywood, welcome what's to the happening? show, man. What's happening? Hey, that's what's right. happening? <laughs> yeah, man. So what's happening? Not, not you much. Talk about that? <laughs> yeah, what? Why the hell not? <laughs> I mean, we usually don't cover like entertainment stuff on this podcast. It's usually like yeah. news and current events. But so, Haywood, what's your take yeah. on the whole on the whole uh, Chris Rock Will Smith incident? I'm sure you have a few opinions about that. <laughs> uh, opinions? I mean, you said it best, right? Uh, lack of security in comedy clubs. Like, it's not that this is anything that we should be used to, but in what we do nobody's getting patted down before they enter a bar, right? Nobody's getting, I mean, it's all, it's, it's in all the spaces where it shouldn't be. You know, everything about it is dangerous. People drinking, people having, suppose, some people come in and have a good time, some people to mess up that good time, all of that stuff, right? That's the, that's the standard part of it. To answer your question about this incident, I have been slapped by people, not in comedy, just in real life. I'm just going to take real <laughs> life from that. I have been slapped for running my mouth I have slapped people for running their mouth. There's a saying that sometimes an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. <laughs> and I believe that is, a, that is what we saw. And I say believe, because I don't know either one of these gentlemen. Uh, and let's be honest, Will, for us, well, for what we know about Will Smith, other than the joke about being you know, from West Philadelphia, born and raised, this is out of character, yeah? Also, it's out of character for somebody like Chris Rock to take that. So you go, whoa, what is happening here? Is it because we're on this international stage and this, this Oscar happening? You know, you look at all of that. You look at the fallout um, for either one of them. Is it worth it? One of the things I love about Chris Rock, which helped me become a better comedian, I hope, 
is that he said, uh, you know, I mean, say what you got, say what you got to say, you know, as long as they can't whoop you, what they gonna do to you? And then we see, well, huh, okay. <laughs> so I say, there's that part, right? There's the retaliation. The, the, the retaliation. Uh, uh, as we look at it, we go. I'm gonna be honest, man. I mean, that's why you got me here, right? I'm looking at somebody that I love get smacked, and I'm like, oh, come on. But then I'm also looking at somebody that I like smack him, and I'm like, oh, come on. So it's like uncles for me fighting. You don't pick one. You know, you're just like, oh, well, you guys, what is this all about? Why are y'all doing this? And I have uncles who have fought. You know, you guys are from Baltimore, except for Jeff. But Queens, we've all had uncles who have fought. I'm sorry. It's that life. <laughs> because I said this to somebody. I was like, no, I didn't. Okay, cool. Then you have had a privileged life because I have had uncles who got down and dirty with one another. And you'd be like, man, you don't pick a side everybody loses. The whole family is like, now, you really have ruined Thanksgiving. You have ruined Christmas. <laughs> you know, it could be Ash Wednesday. It could be Yom Kippur. It could be Ramadan. It could be Eid. It doesn't matter. Whatever we're happy, what Arbor Day. It could be Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to celebrate our love of trees and you two, motherfucker. You know, you two. <laughs> Like, I've had one uncle, I've had my aunt call the cops on one uncle because the other uncle needed to have the cops called on him, to be quite honest with you, because the battle wouldn't stop. But that doesn't mean we, we like or love them any less. So as we look at these people in the public eye, it, it, it was, you know, uh, it was really, it's a good teacher moment. It's a good title moment talking to my children right now about what they say, what they don't say. Be mindful. Words have power. They do push people. They do move people. People should have better control over themselves. So also, let's look at that. Let's look at, you know, um, um, restraint. Let's look at that. Like, walking away is extremely important. And uh, I have done that. I've had to do that. So, you know, you don't get pat on the back for walking away, right? You just walked away because that's what you needed to do. And that's not why you did it, which is kind of what I dig about. If I'm looking at it now, what is this, Thursday? And it was two weeks ago. I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, Chris Rocket said nothing about it, which is kind of cool because he, he did what somebody should do in that moment. You walk away. All right, I'm not, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to do this with you. See you, you know? But I'm never visiting that moment again. So I'm cool if he never talks about it. The if he never talks about it, I'm cool with it. If he talks about what I would have, should have, could have, then that's the pressure of comedy. And again, that's the pressure of celebrity. And, and, at the name of his tour is Ego Death, right? So this is something that, this is, I mean, no better way for your ego to die than to kill it, you know? So yeah. this is something, this is something, this is something. And at the same time, it's absolutely fucking nothing. I mean, literally, I mean, one moment we're talking about the Ukraine, that's when we're talking about Will Smith. It's like he did something for Men in Black where he put the flashlight up and was like, forget what's going on in the world again. You right, know? right. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, forget all that shit. Just like, I mean, the same thing happened with COVID. You know, it was George Floyd and then his wife and their entanglement. And I'm like, why do we got to understand? I had to teach quantum theory to, to people for them to understand what even entanglement meant. Because I was like, what they're saying is in the real, in the reality, they go the fancy way around saying they got us some shit that we all know about now. I don't want to know this stuff about your life. The, the, the retaliation thing, I kind of want to visit a little bit mm -hmm. where if you know, Will Smith hadn't done what he did, like if he hadn't <laughs> gone up and slapped uh, Chris Rock. Yeah. Do you think that, I don't know, Will Smith could have come out looking better and maybe Chris Rock would have taken some heat for telling that joke? 
he could have just yelled it out. You yell out the same thing with the same energy, you get the same exact reaction. But let's be honest, this is Will Smith. Now people may be like, whoa. But the audience had already reacted to the joke. We already got right. that part. I mean, we as comedians know what happened with that joke. It's not that it even fell flat. It got the groan, the whoa. You know, it got some chuckles, and then it got that groan. That's what happens, right? That's just what we do. Laughter is an involuntary response. Sometimes we laugh because we're confused or because of things. You know, we say things are funny that are not. Oh, it's funny that this happened. Oh, it's funny that it went that way. Well, I'll tell you what's funny. I got COVID and diabetes. You know what I mean? Like, this is, nothing is funny about those things happening. But we, we use that word to blanket it to the sixth sense, to blanket our lack of understanding of what's happening. So to answer your question, do I think we would be looking at this completely different? Yes, we'll be looking at Will Smith going, whoa, he was serious. After a moment where everybody already knew that it failed. So then more people would be like, should comedians say this or shouldn't comedians say that? You know, this is where we remember. Here's the thing about stand up comedy it's uniquely American, right? When I say it's uniquely American, it is, as far as art forms go, jazz, hip hop, stand up comedy, these are art forms that were created out of America and the freedom of speech. Now, we know from any other cultures, you couldn't say what you wanted to say and just speak your mind and things would happen. Hell, what is off with his head, off with their head, right? That's the whole court gesture thing. So I say that to say, coming from the West, coming uh, something coming from the West, coming from a philosophy where you can't stop my mouth unless you put something over it, then everyone has the right to say what they would like to say. But we also have an understanding within that inalienable right, right? That's our first amendment, the freedom of speech. I can say what's on my mind, but I have a responsibility to not go in a movie theater and yell fire. Uh, so one of the things, and I'm going to backstory this a little bit, one of the initial backlashes that I saw that I think we're dancing around was people being uh, comics coming out and saying, well, now I'm not going to, what if somebody doesn't like my joke about this? Or what if somebody doesn't like my joke about that? Now they're going to feel emboldened to, you know, make, make it a big deal. And I think there's a difference between telling a joke and coming after an audience member. And right. I think there's a, big difference there as a comic if I I personally don't do crowd work and I choose not you know to and if I do engage with the audience it's in a very positive manner but mm -hmm. I think there's a just a really big difference between telling a joke and specifically targeting and insulting somebody who's sitting 10 feet away from you whether that's the Grammys or that's a bar show agreed agreed I mean that's really it and that's become that's not really what we do right but then people because Lay folks go, well, don't go sit in the front row. Why wouldn't you want to sit in the front row of a comedy show? That's exactly where I want to be because I want to understand what I want to do is understand what the comedian is doing, learn their ticks and all that stuff. But before, before I decided to step on stage and step through the looking glass, I love being in the front row. I mean, that's a, that's a part of the joy of going to see a performer do what they do. And I've never been messed with, you know? You know hey, I have. Uh, you know, you have? Yep. Yeah. You can see I have had big ass hair since birth. Okay. <laughs> I I got it all cut off one time. That was even worse because I had to use a curling iron for the first time in my life. I kept burning my forehead and the tops of my ears. So I was like, okay, mm. I'm just letting it grow out and people have to deal with it. She made fun of my hair for I don't know how long. It seemed like forever, but a few minutes. 
well, if you knew me better, mm-hmm. it would. Um, I've never assaulted anyone, I'm proud to say, but <laughs> um, but I have been known to, my husband and some close friends have seen me when I get angry and they say that my eyes turn black. Mm. And I don't really know what that means, but I have both of my parents' tempers, you know, mm. so I get mm. infuriated, you know? And mm-hmm. I just, I, I thought, well, you know what? If she's going to make fun of me. And then she made fun of almost every woman in the front. Oh. And I was, so yeah. I just glared at her. I folded yeah. my arms and I stared yeah. and I glared. And normally I would not do that to another comic. Yeah. But she was making fun of um, a, a, a pretty young woman, um, mm. probably in her 20s, um, mm. who, was, who had large breasts and she wouldn't stop like slut jokes and this Mm -hmm. jokes and that jokes and i'm sitting Mm. there thinking you have alienated so first of all she alienated every woman in front you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then she it it just it just was really disturbing she doubled down right you want we we really want people on our side i mean that's uh, the nature (laughs) of stand-up is opposite from everything that a human being is you know Debate over why Will Smith didn't leave the venue following his assault on Chris Rock was settled when it was discovered that Chris Rock said Smith shouldn't leave. Oscars producer Will Packer explains why in this Good Morning America interview. I made that clear, like, Rock, you tell me whatever you want to do, brother. And he was telling me, I'm fine. Let's just get past this. I'm getting out of here. I can't believe this happened. The LAPD came and needed to talk to Chris. And so they came into my office and they were laying out very clearly what Chris's rights were. And they were saying, this is battery. We will go get him. We are prepared. We're prepared to get him right now. You can press charges. We can arrest him. As they were talking, Chris was, um, he was being very dismissive of those options. He was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. He was like, no, no, no. And even to the point where I said, I said, Rock, let him, let him finish. And they said, you know, would you like us to take any action? And he said, no, he said, no. And I didn't have any conversation with Will. They were about to physically remove Will Smith. And I had not been a part of those conversations. And so I immediately went to the academy leadership that was on site and i said chris rock doesn't want that i said rock has made it clear that he does not want to make a bad situation worse that was chris's energy his tone was not retaliatory his tone was not aggressive and angry and so i was advocating what rock wanted in that time which was not to physically remove Will Smith at that time, because as it has now been explained to me, that was the only option at that point. It has been explained to me that there was a conversation that I was not a part of to ask him to voluntarily leave. I mean, Chris Rock really comes out looking like the better person in this this whole debacle. I mean, from making a joke that and in, in some people's eyes could have been questionable, could have been deemed offensive to, you know, number one, just moving right along after he'd been pretty much assaulted on stage to, 
we, we've now learned, you know, saying that the person who assaulted him shouldn't be shouldn't be removed. He does. He comes across well. And the fact that he didn't immediately start talking about it in his show that two nights later mm -hmm. was classy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, he, history is only going to tell us what how this all plays out. He does look good right now. Just hearing that, you go, oh, OK, OK, OK. But and then and then there's also, I should say, but there's also the other side where you go, you got to go back to Brooklyn, you know, you got to go back to Brooklyn. What's Brooklyn going to say? What, 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 you know, what do you, I know what, I don't know. I don't know. Cause that makes me feel different. I ain't gonna lie. That makes me feel different. Part of it is like, Hey, why didn't you do something? Say something. But also maybe that's toxic. I don't know. That's the, that's what I'm saying. It makes people ask questions. Cause I'm asking questions to both sides. Like, what would I have done in that moment? I'm not in that moment, so I can't even say. I know a lot of people have been drawing unnecessary parallels to domestic violence, but I, in this, listening to this clip was the first time that my mind actually went there. Like, mm. I wonder how many women who had to mm. talk to the police after their significant other hit them in the face were doing the same thing. And like, did those police care as much as they cared when they saw it on national television? Mm. I just wonder. Mm. Again, this gets us into that. This gets us into that place. Physical, physical altercations. I mean, that's. A, are we beyond that? Are we past that? Will Smith himself has said that is not the way. You know, that is not the way. Malcolm X himself. People talk about Malcolm X. They talk about Martin Luther King. And Malcolm X was like, you know, he was not an advocate of violence. He was an advocate of self-defense. And in his later years, when he became El Haj Malik El Shabazz. It was like, that's not it either. You know, it really is about who you are and how you want to move forward. Wise person said, you know, from a distance, don't, don't argue with a fool, right? Because from a distance, you can't tell who from who. Chris Rock has always been in biting, uncompromising, perpetual roast mode, no matter the target. Here he is on David Letterman's show, just days after the talk show host, confessed to workplace romances and marital... <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Jay! How you doing? What the hell happened to your voice, Dave? It's just, it's just what, gone. What the hell? You sound like an old-ass man, Dave. At, at my age, the warranty what begins the to run hell? out. Yeah, I don't know. Things going bad, huh? Oh. <laughs> and, and people say, well, do you, do you feel all right otherwise? No, I feel like hell otherwise. Damn, man. And you still doing the show? Well, more or less. <laughs> I don't wow. know. I don't know that it would hold up in court. Oh. You, you, you're a rich man. You can just go home. <laughs> oh, uh, wife's still mad at you, ain't she? Well. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Why am I going to drive back uh, to Connecticut? Yeah. To a mean woman, I'm not gonna stay here and do the show with no voice. I love you, honey. Uh, I've been there, Dave. Is that right? I've been there. Let's talk about. I've been in the cave, baby. 
<laughs> well, now, tell me about you. I know uh, the last time you were here, you are just about to go on a world tour or I just finished a world tour. How do you do that? How do uh, I tour, Dave? Do you ever get sick when you're out there on the road? I do get sick, Dave. And if my wife is mad at me, I just add on shows. <laughs> fact that you know david letterman is a, is a fellow comedian but i mean he's an example of someone who was able to take you know whatever crisis was going on in his life at the time you know un understand these these jokes are being made about him and he's 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 able to take it whereas i don't know if it's just the psychology of someone who has never has never been a comedic writer has always just um just acted and, and recited lines that were, have always been written for him. But I mean, that's, that's also something to consider. Man, that's, no, it's not. That's what we do. <laughs> Roger's show was what we fucking do, right? We rib each other, we talk about each other and you wanna see the court just to take down the king. In that moment, Rock did his job. He did it with what we, with, with the collective audience. The only reason the, the G.I. Jane joke didn't land because the audience some knew she had a patient, some didn't, but nobody thought of that reference and saw it like that, and they weren't in the limelight. It wasn't at that moment, you know? So again, there's placement, there's timing. This is why we love Chris Rock, because he did that at the MTV Awards. He did that at the Oscars before, you know what I mean? He eviscerated Hollywood and the whiteness of it all. You know what I mean? He, and, and then he talked, but you know, he did do a joke about Jada Pinkett early on. You know, some people say this is carry over from that. But I said that to say he too, this is what I say, when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, shit happens. I think two people who know each other, I don't know how well they know each other, had a disagreement and it played out in public. They're going to figure it out. They're going to work it out. Both of them will be fine. But then this also, in the culture that we live in, the culture of celebrities, we look at this and go, what happened? They, they, they had a disagreement. <laughs> a very public disagreement. <laughs> in conclusion... Maybe we all need to consider how our words and actions result in the consequences that follow. For example, I just hope that Will Smith doesn't find out that I'm the one who's been sending him all the direct messages, telling him that getting jiggy with it, Miami, and his cover of just the two of us are shit. A lot of the criticism that Will Smith took, <laughs> a lot of the criticism that Will Smith took had to do with the fact that he portrayed Muhammad Ali, yet couldn't land a punch that night. Personally, I don't think it should be that big of a deal. For if Muhammad Ali were still alive today and he saw what Will Smith did, he wouldn't have said a word. <laughs> oh. 
And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, and Haywood Turnipseed. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Michelle Wojcikowski and guest Haywood Turnipseed. Theme music by Jeroen Vandenhurek. Executive producers, Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.